Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear serving today a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in smaller or larger groups, serving today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for the leaders in Christ's church. I'm Andrew Cook and I'm glad to have your company again. The Names of Christ, more in the series. And our series on Ephesians continues with Ray Tibbs. In recent programmes here on Serving Today, we've been thinking about some of the titles that are used about the Lord Jesus Christ in the Bible. And helping us to make sense of these is our good friend, Derek French. The name of Christ we consider today is a little unusual, but nonetheless full of instruction, namely that he is a covenant. We find these words in Isaiah 42 verse 6, which is a passage where the Messiah, Christ, is described as the servant of the Lord. God is speaking to his servant, the Messiah, and he declares, I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. This is, in effect, the Saviour's call where his father commissioned him to become the Saviour of sinners. Other scriptures teach us this took place before the foundation of the world, such as 1 Peter 1 verse 20. And here Isaiah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, reveals it to us. In Isaiah 42 verse 6, the Saviour is assured that he will never be lacking in power to fulfil his task of redeeming his people from their sins. God, the almighty creator and sustainer of the universe, would hold him and keep him. Further, God would give him as a covenant for the people. It is in Christ, in his very person, a new fellowship between Israel along with the Gentiles and Yahweh, the Lord of all, comes into being and is found. This is what is often described as the covenant of redemption, as well as the covenant of grace. Thomas Boston, a Scottish pastor and theologian, wrote this, The covenant of redemption and the covenant of grace are not two distinct covenants, but one and the same covenant. And then he goes on to say, Only in respect of Christ it is called the covenant of redemption, for as much as in it he engaged to pay the price of our redemption but in respect of us, the covenant of grace, for as much as the whole of it is of free grace to us. And that reference to the Lord Jesus Christ that he paid the price of our redemption reminds us of his own words at the Last Supper in the upper room, the night just before he was betrayed. Taking the cup of wine, he said to his disciples in Luke 22, verse 20, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Which Paul also quotes in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 25, Adding Jesus' words, do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. This new covenant was proclaimed by Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbour and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity 
and I will remember their sins no more. The fact that Jesus was given this commission to be a covenant for the people brings immense comfort to the hearts and minds of all who believe in him. Jesus is in fact the mediator and guarantee of the covenant of grace. He is the representative of his people in it. All the blessings it contains and the promises of it are all found in Christ. Through him, God writes his law on our hearts. In Christ, God the Father becomes our Father too and is known intimately and personally by every believer, from the least of them to the greatest. Indeed, this is one of the great unifying factors between all believers in Christ because all of us know the Lord and no believer is excluded. In Christ also is the forgiveness of all our sins because he alone shed his precious blood as the atoning sacrifice our sins desperately needed. He literally is our redemption. And so, in the name given to Christ, God is declaring that in him and by him his covenant of grace is made and confirmed with mankind. And all of this is given to all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ by God's grace. He is its guarantee, its mediator, its messenger, because he truly is a covenant for the people. Serving today, we're studying the epistle to the Ephesians from the New Testament, and Ray Tibbs has been helping us with this. At the moment, we're in chapter 4 of Ephesians, and here's Ray to tell us which verses we're going to look at now. We're going to consider verses 7 through to 10, because these verses deal with Christ's gifts to the church. After an appeal for unity, which we've been looking at in the church, comes recognition of diversity within the church. Both have the same source, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Well, let's read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 to 10. But to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Ray, what headings would you suggest based on these verses? These verses relate to the Lord Jesus Christ and so our first heading in relation to him will be he returned to heaven. Jesus returned to the place from which he had come, heaven. He could only do that because he had first come down from there. The second person of the Trinity had humbled himself by coming to earth and identifying himself with mankind as closely as possible. He did this in every way apart from sin. Philippians 2 verses 7 and 8. The image is of a Roman emperor fighting in enemy territory for the defence of his empire. He had to leave home to fight. The battle was won at the cross and he could return home victoriously. So Jesus Christ returned to heaven. What's the next heading? The next heading is he led captivity captive. As the victor, 
Jesus Christ returned to heaven with the spoils of war. Vanquished kings followed him in his victory parade as the evidence of his victory in a distant realm. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. He had conquered the enemies that had enslaved his people and made them captive, sin, Satan, death. See 1 Corinthians 15 verses 55 to 57. The resurrection was not compensation for a hard time on earth or payment for a job well done. It was a demonstration of the reality and the totality of the victory that had been secured by Jesus. Acts chapter 2, verse 24. And what does this show or demonstrate for us? Well, in this way, we see the depths of his love for us. Christ came to where we are, to engage in hand-to-hand fighting with our enemies in order to rescue us from their clutches, we enter into the benefits of his victory. They are our enemies no longer, because they have been dealt with conclusively. They are in the parade. They are powerless over us, and we need fear them no longer, nor be subject to them. Look at Romans 6, verses 5 through to 14. You're listening to Serving Today, the programme for pastors and church leaders. We've seen then that Jesus Christ returned to heaven and led captivity captive. What else do verses 7 to 10 of Ephesians chapter 4 tell us? Next we're told that Jesus gave gifts to men. Another part of the victory procession was the distribution of of booty, the spoils of war, as a further proof of victory. From his position of strength and conquest, the victor was both willing and able to dispense what was his for the benefit of his subjects. Jesus can grant or withhold whatever he chooses. The gifts are his to give. The gifts listed here are corporate gifts, that is, to the church at large, rather than personal gifts to individuals. But every one of his people is a recipient of his bounty, without exception. Their distribution may seem uneven, but they are given by him for the prosperity of his kingdom and the glory of his name. One of the tokens of membership in Christ's kingdom is the recognition of his gifts. They are a sign of his favour toward us. They are real, divine in origin and varied. All are equally valued and necessary. We must acknowledge his gifts and use them for the purpose for which he intended them to be used. Not to do so is a personal slight against the one who has given them. We'll be looking at the specific list of gifts in our next study. What's the final heading? The final heading here is that Jesus Christ fills all things. 
Jesus Christ fills all things in principle. He gives meaning and substance to everything. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. In particular, his presence through the church fills all. He has defeated his enemies, and so the boundaries of the kingdom are extending as his distribution of gifts ensures his personal influence is exercised within those boundaries. It is through the church that his fullness is evident. Chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. At the present time, that fullness may seem only partial and indistinct, but the time is coming when it will be completed and evident to everyone. Thanks to our guests, Ray Tibbs, and before him, Derek French. We hope that you found the programme helpful to you in your ministry. If you'd like to get in touch with us about anything you've heard, you can contact us and the details on how to do that follow in just a moment. Well, that's the end of our time together here on Serving Today. So this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye and may God bless you as you serve Christ. That was Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch, you can email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk or find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. You can also search our back catalogue from our webpage www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.